Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Inner and Outer Reality. In reality and outside, <laughs> I'm your host, Sean Penalber, and this week with us is... Alicia Deringer and Beth Schaller. Alicia and Beth. So, let's get deep. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on life or existence? Like, in space? That's the, That would be cosmology, uh, cosmology, so yeah, anything. Okay, like, yes. That's my thought, yes. What, uh, what do you think... <laughs> What do you think then? Like, um, your... I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I mean, I've thought about it my whole life. I'm super into aliens and UFOs and honestly, like all the conspiracies around it. Um, not that I believe in them all, but I really enjoy like thinking about it. Like yeah. what if? Yeah. It's been like my, one of my favorite questions since birth. Um, but recently I've been thinking about it more, you know, with everything that's coming out in, you know, mainstream media. Like we watched the news the other day. And there was UFO footage yeah. on, like, CNN, yeah. you know, which... And they're not even calling them UFOs now. It's like a UFI or something like that. It's a it's a new word. Yeah. But um, I've been thinking, like, what if... I just feel like it makes more sense for aliens to have been on Earth before us. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe, like, in the sea, you know, because we don't know what's going on yeah. in the ocean. And them just, like procreating together and then you know maybe life does just spontaneously show up on earth and then for me it just makes more sense that any alien influence we've had on earth isn't from aliens that are like light years away and like from way other galaxies but like more of an alien life that is not necessarily extraterrestrial yeah uh but just a life that we don't know about i talked about this on the previous with the previous guest but essentially like things like octopi yeah um, exactly or uh, fungus even uh there's evidence of like fungal spores on meteors or other planets you know and so who's to say that like in the billion years that earth has been around like all these things just you know uh, a fungus meteor crashed in here and then the plants evolved you know and then uh that effect influenced the animals around it and then all that you know now we're here yeah Uh, humans just exist um trying to word the thoughts that I'm coming in but it's kind of a tangent it's just like uh, mathematically physicists think that the universe is around 13.8 billion years old right so like since the quote unquote Big Bang mm-hmm. we've been around 13.8 billion years not us but like everything's been building up to this point mm-hmm. so this this huge expansive explosion happened uh, that created essentially the first element on the periodic elemental table Mm-hmm. Uh, table of elements, uh, carbon or whatever, or hydrogen. hydrogen or, I think it yeah. was hydrogen. And so then, uh, with time, these elements just changed into other elements because of the atoms and the atomic structure and mm-hmm. such. And then 13.8 billion years later, led to us sitting here, right here, right yeah. in this moment. Yeah. And that's where I would personally, uh, what I call a, sig- a field of significance. Yeah. Uh, kind of like gravity or magnetic field. Uh, I think that particles or universally, cosmologically, that there are fields of significance that lead us into the moments of life where we need to be. And ours has led us right here, right yeah. in this moment. And we'll expand from this forever. You know, we can never remove this from existence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Scientists are like, I mean, we can't remove this from existence, like, because it's happening already. But scientists have been, like, looking into black holes. Yeah. Like, and they're, like, having a lot more, like, discoveries yeah. very recently to where they're thinking, like, does matter? like 
stop existing when it goes in a black hole because it does like shoot you know information back out but does the information get lost going in there yeah. which would like just change the way we think about everything, everything yeah. Yeah. yeah so like i don't know that's it's just i don't know it's really cool to think about because currently uh with black holes like anything that we've seen approach a black hole just basically once it gets sucked on there it just freezes and they just see it basically yeah. just fade away over time yeah it's just like you know it, and so yeah whatever I mean, like, there's there that crazy. event horizon you know that like yeah. is like a ring around it where like it starts but then that's i think more of the information that's coming out than going in yeah, yeah. uh and additionally uh continuing into the big the big bang theory uh what is theoretically proposed is that like eventually as time moves on you know the ga- uh, the cosmos keeps expanding uh into what i would call the funk and so like uh, the funk. The, the fu- mm-hmm. my funk theory the funk uh, is literally funk is everything like literally anything and everything all mm-hmm. the particles that create us the waves and the gravitational fields literally anything and everything we can think of and so if my fist is existence existence is expanding faster than the speed of light into this thing into the funk essentially. Yeah. Uh, and if we were to ever discover anything else literally anything outside of existence or yada yada that's still within this greater funk and then and if anything else is outside of that funk like let's say all that funk is a simulation like a sims game or something mm-hmm. like that. yeah like we're all sims then our funk is just within this next level of funk yeah. that's, you know, basically influencing and creating that. And we're having a direct influence on that as well because, like, what our characters do, you know, like, let's say you're playing The Sims, like, whatever that character does influences how you think, you know, like, oh, no, I want you to go do this or yeah. yada yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the universe is expanding. It expands forever. Uh, we don't know how long it's going to take for essentially uh, because energy is never destroyed. Right. It basically just transfers. And so, but, uh, oh man, <laughs> uh, let's say 11 point, 13.8 billion years from mm-hmm. now, you know, or even an infinite amount of time, eventually all of energy and everything will kind of, uh, entropy and devolve into chaos and everything. Uh, but also in taxi, which is the opposite of that fine control. Yeah. Uh, but it'll all break down into this moment that essentially like compresses energy so much, uh, that it causes another, another big, big bang. bang. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you remove time from the equation, because we are just the past moving through the present, becoming the future. And so we're experiencing time, uh, even though it's kind of an infinite thing. And so mm-hmm. really all those big bangs, even though they're trillions of years apart, are just happening like that. Yeah. You know, they're just like yeah. flashes. And Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just, you know, existence. It's like chaos and order fluctuating back and forth yeah. forever. So weird yeah when i think of like existence at least recently growing up i was never afraid of death or even like you know i had family members that would pass away and i saw everyone like would be upset and i'm like why are y'all like y'all are surprised like every like we're all gonna die like it's the inevitable and now like i think about that and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die it's inevitable yeah. <laughs> and it's like i'm finding it harder to understand what I want out of my existence now that I know that it's not yeah now now that I've really truly grasped that it's not permanent yeah. right at least here in this at form that I'm yeah. in you know because I mean there are like it is sci-fi in a way but it's also <laughs> yeah. not to say that like humans could achieve some level of immortality you know yeah. whether it is either physically 
or being able to transfer your brain and consciousness into, into something, something else, else. Mm-hmm. You know, either digitally or another physical body and something yeah uh, and so it's crazy to think about how that would then affect your goals in life and everything because exactly. like would yeah. you have the same will and desire to like you know be like oh, yeah I don't have forever so I got to do these things like what would, would you be motivated would there be any sense of urgency exactly. yeah and or I think, would you get yeah. bored I think that's something that makes human life so special is that it's finite you know like if you never had to die you wouldn't cherish anything or you yeah. wouldn't you know have goals really I mean not to say that that wouldn't be great <laughs> to live forever but you know knowing that it's going to end is, is what makes it worth savoring I think yeah there's a show called Upload on Amazon that is like essentially what you said they figured out a way to take consciousness and move it they upload it to like a nirvana like a heaven uh-huh. but they're like different levels of like whatever you can pay for yeah so like, you can either be at like, like this fancy resort or all these other things and you like take a form of your body that's like i want to say like the nicest like the youngest healthiest you've been or something mm-hmm. not like what you look like when you died yeah um but it touches on all those things like yeah. would you live your life differently if you knew that was happening or you know because there are some people in that reality that they can't afford to upload their consciousness to anything so they're still gonna die and it's typically you know the poor people that already are having a hard time in life whereas the rich people like have everything they need all the resources they need so i feel like that would give me even less motivation to to be a good person or do something with my life because i'm not struggling for anything and like if if you never have to struggle for anything, you don't really understand yeah. how lucky you are to have yeah. the things that you have. Right. It's like there's not darkness without light kind of, you know, that yeah. cliche yeah. thing, yeah. way of thinking about it. Like No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Like, you can't. I, would, I would say, uh, and this is, uh, it's subject to change, but where I'm at currently is that uh, within existence, so we have existence, we know we're here. Mm-hmm. That is the only epistemic thing that we know is yeah. that we're, we're here, <laughs> even though it could be... Uh, an illusion or a dream or anything, you know, but yeah. we know that we're here, we know that we're interacting with each other. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, man. Um, go any direction with this stuff. Yeah. It's hard to have a train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, like, the the part that, like, trips me out. It's like, we know we're here, but we don't, really. Yeah. No, oh, we're here, yeah, you know? So like, we could be a brain in a vat in a jar just having this experience. We could be, yeah. yeah. Man. You know, because all, all that we can experience is from our senses, which is... There's, it's technically they're assume, so human you know yeah, it's so that right there yeah, yeah it's like so narrow like technically we kind of are in a simulation like our senses are simulating reality which yes. is yeah. completely different than what reality actually is and only what our brains can currently handle yeah or have evolved to handle yeah because like uh, a big thing that I love to talk about and bring up is the color blue so oh, like man. the color blue and violet yeah. uh, were one of the last colors that humans evolved to see and so, like, in ancient texts in history, like, uh, it was described as just a, this deep wine color, you know. And until they found this word for blue, then suddenly that is when brains could, you know, visualize and see blue. And yada, yada. Oh, yeah, or, that's it. <laughs> uh, another thing I talked about on the last podcast is, uh, like, you've never seen an atom, right? Yeah, no. But uh, through art and through imagination, you know, and through study, like, 
you have seen what an atom potentially yeah. looks like. Yeah, you know, yeah, The construction of an mm-hmm. atom. And so it's like, uh, brains can't do these things and live in the perception of reality. So there's so much reality that brains can't even perceive themselves as humans. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yet, until that, until that we are, until we are yeah. in uh, and with the assistance of technology, exactly. yeah. that is, it, that's springing it up so fast because yeah. just like with virtual reality, uh, let's say uh, pigs can't fly. We know this, but with video games and with film or editing, mm-hmm. pigs can fly yeah. essentially. And so, who's to say that eventually, like that, is just not a reality where like uh, these two become together, you yeah. know, and then pigs suddenly can fly. Yeah, it makes me think. Like, when I think about that, of how, like, all of reality is, like, what we can perceive, and when it's, like, say you see something that's, like, indescribable, or, like, unimaginable, mm-hmm. like, our brains can't comprehend it. Yeah. But then, like, what, do, how do babies think? Yeah. <laughs> like, right? babies yeah. are, like, I feel like babies are the answer right. to all of this, because they're, like, they're the superhumans. baby. That's they're the it. superhumans. Uh, that makes me think of that old movie, Baby Geniuses. Oh man, I never watched that. My stepdad always tells me to watch it though because I always bring this it made up. Made me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Talking babies, I don't want to. I, I watched it. it a million times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's basically like kids are the smartest things alive until they're able to talk, and then they lose their like smartness and everything. Uh, it kind of goes into the philosophy of like where this part of your lip comes from, the little indention. Oh yeah. Uh, is basically like. Uh, the lore on that is when your consciousness is being put into your body, the angels basically tell you to hush. <laughs> and it burns into your basically like... Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, right? Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And like, I think that there are all these answers and uh, ways to bre- reach those, like, those new levels of what our brain can understand. Yeah. It's just you have to investigate it. And once you like get into your community, your community and start creating or doing anything, like that's when your involvement influences literally all of reality. Like yeah. every thought or action you've ever had has affected everything. Yeah, and we can never be removed from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something I was talking about with the last guest as well is like, and I still have I'm workshopping this idea, but the so like right now we exist in a, a moment of where I'm thinking of a number and y'all don't know the number right? mm-hmm. uh, but if I were to tell y'all the number we can never go back to this moment of mm-hmm. y'all not, not knowing yeah. Yeah. exactly uh, and it's just like those that's a Schrodinger's cat paradox of like reality you know and there's literally that to the infinite degree happening every single plank second within our lives it's just like a bunch of frames and snapshots just happening and we're yeah. just and it like ripples onto yeah. like everything yeah. It's like other- that monkey study where like they had some monkeys on like one side of the earth or something and another set of monkeys there and they gave them bananas uh-huh. and then they put the bananas in sand and the monkeys were like what the heck and then one group of the monkeys separate from the others started figuring out how to like get the sand off the bananas and at like almost simultaneously the other group like learned Figured how to do it, it as well oh, man. yeah uh yeah, whales there do There's a word for it. There's a word for that. Yeah. yeah it's like a, uh, a kind of knowledge field. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a collected consciousness. Where exactly. Like, yeah. So when someone like, and I would relate this, let's go to humor. Uh, have you ever like thought of a joke or something like that 
and then you also hear this joke coming from somewhere else, and it's yes. like, wow. all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think it kind of feeds into that, where it's like, what if you totally did think of that joke, but like by doing so, you also helped someone else at the same Still time. Still your joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Well, see, you know, either it's like some kind of phenomenon where like all of you know beings have this shared consciousness that we like tap into, or it's like individuals you know, that are given the similar tools and resources and time frames and challenges in life will eventually come to the same conclusion. Because they're in the same environment. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we are a product of. Yeah. Like, everything around us. Which is schizoanalysis. Mm -hmm. And so psychoanalysis is the study of the mind and Mm -hmm. why it is. But schizoanalysis is the study of the environments that shape those minds Mm -hmm. on why they are. And so, uh, in the studies of schizoanalysis, because, like, when whoever you know coined this term and started researching it they basically were like you know uh, this is nonsense and yada yada like most new scientific things yeah they're always just dismissed <laughs> yeah because they go against whoever's in control at the moment it's oh just yeah like, uh if we were to ever discover like teleportation or anything mm-hmm. uh airplane businesses taxi cabs you know 18 wheelers they're yeah. all gonna be upset they're, they're gonna spend every dollar basically fighting that because it would destroy their business mm-hmm. but that's that's progression you know yeah. like we need these technologies yeah uh and so uh just that haltingness of people trying to go against yeah like imagine where we would be if people would just kind of have their mind open and be like oh man i know that's gonna like basically blow up everything i know as of now but for me that's like kind of cool because like if you know everything then what is there left to learn yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. next thing Exactly. So, like, imagine if, like, our world, at least in America, like, corporations didn't run everything, like, environmentally. Yeah. Like, imagine where we would be now if they just took these progressive ideas and just see what happens. It's just, it's such a double-edged sword, though, because, you know, you're talking about institutions that are in power halting the next invention because it'll disrupt their, you know, their market. But, you know, the same could be said for... um, technology and AI and yeah. you know the, the fear that artificial intelligence will um, take jobs away from people and will, will replace human workers and uh, you know that's just such an antiquated argument because you know if they said the same thing about the railroads and like yeah, cell phones exactly. and, and it's you know such a huge part of our society now like all of these inventions and it's for the most part improved society but the, at the same time there are just so many consequences to um, technology and, and artificial intelligence that we don't completely understand so while we do need to progress we also need to like take a step back and, and kind of like think about the implications of, of things I yeah. completely agree yeah. and I think like uh, an important thing that humanity needs to start getting into with like fast quickly before like mm-hmm. uh, global warming wipes us out or anything oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. really where we're at is like geologists and all these studies say that like we don't have much longer yeah know, like, yeah. Uh, like climate change is like rapidly speeding up right yeah. now. Yeah. And so like we need to basically like all these corporations, you know, like McDonald's or like auto industries, uh, all the big industries, mm-hmm. uh, they control and influence everything that we yeah. do. Like literally like uh and I can't prove this, but like let's let's go into the world of algorithms. So like uh something I've noticed with my niece and this is just again uh, noticing patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh mermaid uh media there's been a lot of mermaid media in the last like year or so yeah i've been seeing it all over tiktok there's like mermaid tiktok yeah and so like 
I think that it's all uh, not not all. I can't say that, but like it feels that like it could absolutely just be advertisement for other mermaid stuff coming out, like uh, that Luca film, the Pixar film. Like, yeah, it, it could, you could actually have Disney could easily basically just be like, I want Amazon Video and uh, Netflix to have more mermaid media, yeah. so that when our mermaid thing comes out. More people are like, oh yeah, I'll watch this mermaid thing yeah, because like, now they're of the used influence. to this thing. Yeah. yeah, and the psychology of that, like, they've known these things since like the 60s, 70s on yeah. like how oh, yeah. technology will control us, and they they predicted literally how algorithm rhythms would work, and we've been sucked into it, and like, how do we escape it? You know, yeah. because it's like we're so influenced by literally all the things that support us. Yeah, that we we buy the money from. Yeah, and it's not even just like things that we will. Sp- spend money on it's also our democracy like facebook can just do one thing like in their headline and be like these many people voted in this election and then suddenly all of your friends will go out and vote because they think that you voted or they yeah. think that people that they trust voted and that's a whole demographic that otherwise would not have voted in that election or they won't post that and then what people won't go out to vote and it's just yeah yeah we're just so suggestible and uh, almost kind of like fragile in that way you know or our democracy is yeah and the flip side like all these corporations could choose to use their influence for doing things that would help climate change yeah, right. you know what I mean but that's not what's going to get the money yeah, right yeah. now it's almost like they're you know holding I mean? the world hostage yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I see with most not just big corporations but literally like even small businesses it's like you go for what looks good on paper and what's going to look good for whatever's above you Mm -hmm. Uh, and I watched a video the other day of this guy who like basically like breaks down uh, society like rules and such and he was talking about how uh, he questioned like the whatever that branch of army navy that's like the super highest the like green berets or whatever you know or whatever the Seals, Team Sixer. He's like, how do y'all pick the people that are on these teams? Yeah. And it's not, uh, and it's not the people who like, you know, uh, are in the biggest shape. It's not the biggest guys who can like run the, the whole mile that uh, have the best shots and stuff. It's the people that uh, they can trust with uh, your wife and kids, like at home. Uh, it's not the ass kissers, you know. Yeah. And that goes with anything. It's like if you have a business and you hire the ass kissers and you put them in management, then suddenly they don't know how to run the business because all they do, all they know how to do is kiss ass, oh, but yeah. they're not personable. Mm-hmm. They don't have empathy or anything, and so then the mm-hmm. business suffers and eventually fails. And so if you don't yeah, hire people, that just people, happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, at my old job. And that, it seems that, that that's what happens with every job. And now we're at this point in capitalism that it's like a, a, it's a, we're in the, kind of a post-capitalistic transition yeah but it's still in such a control that it's like like I feel like the general public is like understanding how capitalism has been just running our lives but the systems are still in place and we 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 still don't I mean we do have the power by not like you know we could boycott things we could we could not buy these products but But the thing is like you you can't not live without this bottle of water you know what I mean they make it difficult to go beyond that and then also uh, going back to Facebook and Twitter and everything, the way that algorithms are built and that these programs that we use every day are mm-hmm. built is basically like 
let's say that you make a post on Facebook about this, you know, or Twitter, they can, you know, basically not show it to anyone. They can yeah. choose to like who your friends are seeing this and everything and they can influence reality. Yeah. You know? Every time I post about my open mic, I get like six likes maybe. Yeah. And then I post a picture of myself and it's like hundreds of likes, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I don't care about coming to my open mic, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it's interesting. Whenever I see anyone post about shows like locally, mm-hmm. if I do see it, it's yeah. like yeah. not as popular as the rest. Like I just went to Guitar Center and my old operations manager was like, you didn't come to my show. And I was like, I didn't even know you had a show. Like, uh, yeah. I, I would have went, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, And I think it was that movie, The Social Dilemma or something yeah, like that. I was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Like how even apps will basically, uh, you won't receive notifications when they happen. They'll, like, hold them off to mm-hmm. where, like, uh, you let's say you haven't touched your phone in, like, 30 seconds or so yeah. or a, a specific time. And then they'll be like, oh, she hasn't touched yeah, it. Shoot they, it out. They haven't looked at Twitter, you know. Yeah. Here's an update, you know. Yeah. Here's a notification. And it's just so manipulative. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact that you it's random in, in a sense that, like, you don't know exactly when you're going to get a notification yeah. that makes you want to keep, like, checking your phone. Because yeah. if you were able to predict it, like, oh, if you're like, oh, it was this time. So, like, six, this, it's time to... This person's going to yeah. post this. You would only check your phone at six. Yeah. But, like, if your phone, like, periodically throughout the day was like, hey, reminder, like, of something that you didn't ask it to remind you, then, like your brain like doesn't know when it's going to get that serotonin uptake so it's going to keep constantly checking for it like bro they got us played man they do (laughs) honestly like props to them Mm -hmm. i mean i don't agree with it but that's it's so smart yeah it's so smart like i wish i would have thought of it yeah it's like people that cared about you know it's literally a mirror mirror of your own psychology just in your face and that's why we hate it so much i wish (laughs) the people doing these things were more like for the people yeah, yeah. not like greedy it's, yeah it's not it's like let's get all these profits and let's keep these profits to mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. like, mm-hmm. let's put them in offshore accounts where no one will ever touch it you know interestingly um i read this book by this author um who was talking about all these things and how social media is just you know very horrible and for your for your mental health and very addictive and bad for society and his solution to all of this was to just make people pay for it so the fact that it's free uh, you know like customers for facebook and for twitter are these huge corporations that you know see a marketing value in it so they collect all of our data they manipulate it manipulate us and give us suggestions and sway us in different ways but if we were to pay a service to facebook suddenly we are facebook's customers and not these advertising agencies or these you know really what i think should happen not wholly, you know, like, but this is just a suggestion of essentially like a, I think it's called like data rights or whatever. So like, yeah. if you post a picture of yourself and people are liking it, you are giving Facebook or Twitter or Instagram traffic. And so you should be getting paid for that. Exactly. Yeah, that's you what should, she's yeah. been saying. Yeah. Like, you yeah. should get, you yeah. should get a, a little stipend or royalty, just like I get money for people listening to my music. Mm-hmm. Everyone should get money for their data yeah. that they're sharing because yeah. it's content because they're selling it exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're using it to you know uh get uh, more money from ad- yeah, advertisements and stuff. stuff yeah they're literally selling your data profile like your whole personality yeah to marketing campaigns and to you know products and to political campaigns even and these algorithms will 
continue to get better and better and better oh, yeah. uh, until like literally we reach the point where it's like let's say you run out of toilet paper right mm-hmm. an Amazon drone will have already delivered it to your door and yeah. like you just walk outside and it's like wow I guess I did need toilet yeah. paper and if you didn't you just hit a button and it comes back picks it up takes, it'll bring yeah. it back some other time you know I already like I'll just think of something and then I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm like wow there's an ad it's for right a cupcake like, mm-hmm. I didn't even say it out loud like I, I literally just yeah. thought it yeah. and it pops up and it just yeah. I don't like it. You don't even it. have to say it out loud. Yeah. Like, because it knows what you're yeah, thinking. <laughs> they're not recording your conversations because they don't have to. They yeah. could if they wanted to, but they already have so much information about you that they, they don't. Yeah, know they you. don't need yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. These computer programs will eventually know you more than you know yourselves. They already do. I didn't know I needed. I didn't know what I needed. Whatever right. that app. I mean, was. do I know myself, or am I just like the shell of a personality that? you know, corporate America wanted me to be. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just feeding back into the system. Yeah. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on like how we approach this or like, what do you think we, where do you think that all this is going? Like, Man. And what could we do about it? I do think, um, I do think that apps and um, big tech companies should be more transparent about what they're doing with your data. Yeah. Like almost, you know, if, if you like read the label of on a food product and you know all the ingredients in it and the calories and stuff like that like those apps should give you just a very you know easy to read description of what third-party companies are selling your data to like you know like are they collecting your data are they accessing accessing all these things um sort of like that long yeah. terms and agreement thing yeah. that no one ever reads that's the thing is yeah. that that is their loophole on, yeah. on showing that information yeah, exactly prob- yeah. all that's probably in there yeah. it's just that like you as a normal person you're not going to read exactly. that you know and so like these things should be more expressed yeah and then there should be more I think legislation um, like on a national and international level about like that kind of pin down what the expectation of privacy is because that's another loophole is like the fact that you're sharing it with third parties you the law says that you no longer have the expectation of privacy yeah. and therefore it's not private but most people don't think about it that way they don't think about like a message that they they're sending through facebook messenger they to them that's private but facebook owns that yeah and, and they can send that to the police if necessary yeah. or anything yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so um so beth is obviously super into this um so i've been learning about it um just from her like you know being passionate about it and telling me all about it um but one of i guess the biggest things for me is that but from what she's been telling me is that technology is progressing so much faster than than laws yeah and there's not like any precedent for any of this so as it's happening like all the cases are so unique Right. Like, and, and, you know, what did you say about the Supreme Court literally just saying, like, we don't know oh, about yeah. something? Oh, yeah. They heard a, a, a case about um, a ninth grader. She's a cheerleader, didn't make the varsity cheerleading squad. So she, you know, one weekend she's at, like, Bahama Books or something. And mm-hmm. she posts a Snapchat where she's, like, swearing and, like, saying all these horrible things about the cheerleading squad because she's, like, a frustrated teenager. And her school sees this and suspends her from the cheerleading squad for a year. And this goes all the way to the Supreme Court, um, you know, the question of, you know, it wasn't on school property, so, and it's it's a public school. It wasn't on school property, so can the school make a decision or intervene or or discipline her? Um, And the school says yes, because she's talking about something that pertains to the school. And then her parents- That she represents as a cheerleader. And her parents say no, because, you know, she's not on school property and we can't like expect students to carry around. Yeah, and it's freedom of speech. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't, you don't, 
lose your freedom of speech just because you're a student. Like you don't walk onto a school campus and are completely stripped of all your First Amendment rights, even if you're a child. Yeah. Um, and the Supreme Court was like IDK. Like they just <laughs> they they didn't rule on it because on some level, yes, like students do have First Amendment rights. You know, you can't expect them to behave the way that they would at school, off of school campus all the time. But at the same time, schools should be able to monitor and intervene on stuff that's happening online. Otherwise, they would never be able to stop school shootings or bullying or yeah. stuff like Or like that. if someone shares a naked photo of yeah. someone yeah. or, yeah. you know, th- so like there are ways where like it could be beneficial yeah. to kind of not monitor, but like be able to yeah. or just discipline based off of what you post online that's not at school but at the same time you have to think about your first amendment right Right. so and how to do that yeah so uh, for me it's just like yeah i feel like we need to figure out like she said like the law aspect of it but it's just so gray right right now because all this is just now coming out so it's it's honestly really hard to even decide what to do about all this stuff because we and there's so much distraction from it Yeah. yeah oh yeah crazy um so uh, moving into theoretics uh personally a way that i think that humans can branch into this next step of Mm -hmm. being together uh because i think that like as far as futurism goes uh if we're ever going to expand into space or meet other uh you know species or anything we first need to learn how to take care of ourselves yes. and the species that are on this planet. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, if we can't do that because of racism, sexism, classism, ageism, or Any, what all I would the call isms. humanism, you know, like, yeah. uh, because humans think Speciesism. that they're above everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, if until we can breach past that, we're we're not going to we're just going to destroy each other. Like, or yeah. Doing yeah. What we are. And so, uh, w- there's a thing now uh, that is being studied called neural links and essentially being able to put a computer in your brain and then control things with that so like the most recent update with that was they put the neural link into a monkey and it was just playing pong with his brain no controls nothing just you know like the video like being able to move up and down the thing and play against this computer with its brain it's wild wow yeah right and so if we continue with this technology eventually i could see uh Basically, when if we were to have Neuralinks in our head right now, mm-hmm. instead of talking, we could literally just be thinking and feeling yeah. everything that's going on within our heads. And now that does remove privacy because if I can look into your Neuralink and I can think of uh, yeah. or I see what you're thinking of. Yeah. But the thing is, is that even though that privacy is now gone, uh, which is scary to some people, you are able to more understand right. why those things are. Like, let's say you're afraid of like. Like, let's say that, I, uh, and this is just a broad example, like, that if I'm thinking of sex or something like that, and I'm ashamed that, like, I'm thinking of sex, and mm-hmm. now we're all together, and then suddenly I think of sex, and y'all are just like, oh, wow, you just thought of sex. But right. y'all would know why I thought of that, and why yada, yeah. yada, yada. And we would instantly just have this discussion. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that that's kind of our next step, is to be able to communicate that way without yeah. language, uh, through yeah. thought. Well, then, what about, because, I mean... I recently found out from social media um, that not everyone has an internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, what, what blows my mind? So then I don't how, even understand. Right? I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> me either. So then, like, with that Neuralink, how would that translate to people, like, if who, people who don't and people who do? Yeah. Would, would they be able to still communicate, or would it be, like, them 
And then the... And then the yeah. uh, same question goes to people with also something called aphantasia, which What's is that? being able to visualize things in your head. Oh, and so, yeah. like, if I say, uh, if I say an apple, yeah. uh, it depends on how much you're able to visualize this apple. Yeah. And if some people can't at all, they just think of this some kind of, like... people can't do that? Yeah, some people literally just, like, think of the concept of it, and they can't imagine this thing. Oh, man. And, yeah, and so... Dude, I think in, like pictures and words right and not everyone can do that and so it feeds into that right there yeah. but also someone mentioned like let's say someone with a uh, super narcissistic sense of behavior or uh, like a schizophrenic mind or anything like yeah. and now they're linking with you could that overwhelm your own thoughts and make you suddenly have this, that same mental yes. yeah. or maybe it yeah. would cure the narcissist because they're a narcissist because they can't see things from other people's points yeah. of view. Yeah. Now suddenly they can't. Yeah. And then maybe we'll see the schizophrenic people aren't crazy and they just, like, they just you know, like, see things could, differently. Yeah, yeah, we can understand, like, the way that their brain works. Because yeah. schizophrenia is one of those big things for me that, like, I think that they just are on a different plane of existence. I, I kind of know? agree. I think that, yeah. uh, again, talking about how brains have evolved to see reality, mm-hmm. I think that schizophrenia is and again this is just theoretics but yeah. I, it, it seems that like schizophrenia could totally be and i googled this once i had the idea it was like what if schizophrenia is basically uh the ability to uh not even an ability but because you can't control it but basically being able to interact with the fourth dimension exactly oh, wow. that's what i'm saying you know, yeah uh, because like i've even heard physicists say that they think that some schizophrenics are just moving through time at a different level. Oh yeah. And so the yeah. voices that they hear could literally be something they, they that they heard there, yeah. nine years ago or yeah. even in the future. Like, yeah. they're hearing literally future people talking or through a connected consciousness, you know? Like, what if you're hearing a species? Or, like, what if uh, just music? Some people can hear music, you know, yeah. or anything. And so... Yeah. Man, there's this guy by my old job who I'm assuming had schizophrenia, but he told me the story about how the white man came in and like shot and killed his family and his real name is something Jefferson and like all like this just crazy conspiracy right and then like two years later I met a completely different person at a completely different place that told that like came off the same way and told like the exact same story like apparently there are like delusions or delusions whatever if you want to call them that that some people like experience like my mom has worked with a lot of schizophrenic people and she says that she has seen the same thing more than once and so where i would feed into that fourth dimensional collective consciousness idea is that many uh, a key sign of schizophrenia is that schizophrenics feel that people can read their thoughts yeah right and let's say that universally in the entire cosmos like all of time and history eventually uh humans will either reach a point to where that they can go into literally the structure of quantum time and be able to like watch this moment, like us sitting here, yeah. and be able to like just do that in their heads, you know, yeah. or 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 in any physical way, because this moment has happened now, and it is being written into the cosmos of time. Yeah, it is, it's basically now just transferring this information into reality. And let's say that like this uh, supernatural being that's basically just wavelengths, right? Like yeah. it's not even yeah. anything like us is basically able to just experience that, and mm-hmm. so it's seeing this moment, and so. Who's to say that schizophrenics aren't being communicated with those things? Yeah. That are basically just... But they don't understand it because there's nothing like that right now. Yeah. Exactly. But then if we had these neurolink things, then that could... We could all see what they're experiencing. Exactly. And, and then all instantly science might, like... Yeah. 
Because, I mean, like, imagine just having a conversation with someone on the other side. Like, we're all sitting here, but we're also talking with someone in every country oh at the same gosh. time. Yeah. Well, that sounds a little overwhelming, too, though. Yeah. I don't want to be able to, like, control it. It's like, you know, like, like in superhero movies and stuff, when people are um, telepathic. Uh-huh. And there are those tele- telepaths? Is that what they're called? Is that the singular word for that? Being Either way, like Doctor um, yeah, they can't control it and just like hear everything yeah, all the time. Yeah, they hear all the voices. That would be so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, so I would definitely it would need to be like a a honing in thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like how and then how would you pick and choose? Like, would there be like an app on my phone? Like, yeah. would would it be right. like a way that like I just think of yeah. like how do I think of something over there that I can't see right? and, and again, I don't know if it's there? It feeds into there will also be people who are trying to use this to manipulate you. Exactly. Like, let's right. say that like, there will be a company that like, now that this this thing in your head, you suddenly want to go out and buy coffee. You know, right. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like... And you want this coffee. Exactly. From this store. Yeah. Or your dreams now have ads. Like in future on. Oh man, that'd be crazy. so... Oh, that would irritate me so much. <laughs> I do think you're on to something though because I kind of think any sort of bias or prejudice that people have is sort of like an arms race. You know, like they feel that way because they fear that somebody from another group is harmful or or, yeah. or is threatening yeah. them in some way and you know so they're aggressive or, or hateful of that group and that group they're you know therefore is you know like not receptive to them either yeah. so you know if everyone kind of just saw each other as equals as like as humans because they had the same shared thoughts then like and it wouldn't even be the same shared thoughts. You would yeah. still be individuals. You would just yeah. keep, be able to humanize them and, and think of them the way that you think of yourself. Or yeah. The way that you think of someone that you, you know, care about. Instead yeah. Of, and instead of, like, yeah. uh, like, I would use the last four years as an example mm-hmm. of, like, people who have tried to talk with heavy ex- extremist conservatives or yeah. like Trump mm-hmm. supporters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always, it usually ends up in, like, one person attacks the other person. Right. And then it's just, you don't learn anything. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just like, like, they separate, they just, yeah, they're yelling at each other and then they go off, they don't learn anything, they just hate each other. Yeah. What's so scary about like modern day politics is that like people literally live in different realities. Yeah. Like, like they are not seeing the same news feeds, the same, they're not interacting with the same people. Like it's like literally separate. Like yeah. we yeah. don't even have the same collective idea of, of what truth is yeah. in the media so that's that, that's to yeah. me was so scary like if we had one agreed upon reality and truth then I don't think that we would have the same but there's no one yeah. reality yeah because you know? right. it's so, different for everyone yeah. I would uh, in my theory funk theory I <laughs> uh, would basically postulate that essentially we are literally even though we're together right now mm-hmm. we are still each within our own surreality yeah. at, all, at all times yeah. and not just each of us literally every particle that creates us is in its own surreality living its own path but we're just in the one that's been constant we're 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 not branching every time it branches off we don't experience that we experience mm-hmm. the one that's you know yeah. that we're on mm-hmm. I, know. I would like the neuralink thing like you said like thinking you know seeing another group of people and feeling uncomfortable around them right it's like for mm-hmm. me you know i'm you know i'm queer i'm gay i'm a person of color I look like I'm pretty gay, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, stereotypically at least. So when I go places that are full of, you know, like upper middle class white people, I don't feel comfortable. You know, I feel like I feel judged. I feel like they're looking at me. So if like I was able to like kind of read their thoughts and turns out like, oh, you're, you're just being really insecure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then that would 
that would like be tremendous for yeah. me because so many times I feel uncomfortable because I think people feel uncomfortable around me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I know that feeling. Man, that goes back. There was this one time where uh, I was leaving work and you texted me to meet you at this bar. Oh, God. And I went to the wrong bar. I told her to meet me at the spot. So I went to a bar called The Spot. She just meant in the bar. Galveston? That, <laughs> no. It was in uh, Third Ward. But she, she just meant the bar that we go to all the time. She was just oh, like, she was just, like, wow. just funny. So I was like, okay, The Spot, I'll be there. And I was the only white person in this bar. And everyone, like, I felt like everyone was looking at me. They're like, what is she doing here? And, um, yeah, I was a little bit uncomfortable because I just didn't feel like I, like, belonged or fit in. Um, so I was like, hey, you here? And she was like, where are you? You're at the wrong bar. <laughs> and then I left, and I was like, that's how she feels all the time. Yeah. Like, when she's with my family and she's the only person of color. Yeah. Um, you know, not that, like, anything is immediately wrong. You just kind of feel out of place and yeah. uncomfortable. And, yeah. Uh and expanding into that, I think that white culture is feeling that finally after yeah. all these years. And so that's that's where a lot of, I would say, Trump supremacy comes in. Is yeah. that they feel being uh, made equitable. You know, like uh, when you're privileged and things are becoming more equal, you feel attacked. You know? Right. And so it's like you are... The, you are being brought down to this level. You're feeling what it's yeah. like to be oppressed. You know? I don't even think that it's you're being brought down to a level. I think that it's other people are finally rising exactly. up. You know what yes, I mean? And, I and you're uncomfortable yeah. because it's, now, yeah. like, you aren't the one. Like, you have to be called out on your uncomfortability, on being uncomfortable, whereas, like, we've been uncomfortable yeah. the whole time. Yes. It's like yeah. this weird phenomenon where people feel like more equality is, like, taking away from their rights, which is, you know, no, you're just giving, you know, more rights and representation to yes. other people. Yeah. But some group of people feel like that's like threatening their way of life which yeah. it's just which is selfish I mean, and greedy yeah <laughs> but like then also it if you feel threatened then you are yeah it is justifiable I mean it's because it is your I experience I don't think it, that you should be a bigot about it yeah. but like if you do feel uncomfortable like I I would like to be in a space with like cause like that's what I love about her being white and growing up with an upper middle class family it's like if she is uncomfortable about something or doesn't know about something or, you know, catches herself doing something that does kind of show her white privilege, we can talk about it. Yeah. Like, because if you want to know how my experience is, I will tell you and like you can tell me yours and then that way we can understand like how each other feel, which is the first step. All these Trump people, they're, they're not trying to understand yeah, how exactly. you feel. Yeah. And I... If you're not trying to understand how I feel, how could I possibly get to the point to try and understand yeah. how you're feeling? Yeah. If you can't trust me, why why should I even? How trust can you? I trust yeah, you if exactly. you don't trust? You know, like. Yeah, I think, I think for a lot of, of, you know, white people who, feel uncomfortable at this point in history, I think one mistake that people make a lot is to equate equate issues about race and racism to like, a very brutal past where you know like there was literally slavery so when you say such like you say something is racist people think that you were like equating them to that time in history when yeah. really all you're talking about is like a systemic problem yeah. that we've all grown up in and we've all been like shaped by so it's like you're gonna make mistakes yeah. as like as a white person like you're you're gonna have tendencies and thoughts and feelings that are racist like necessarily because you were born and raised in a racist society yeah. so it's like kind of just be okay with apologizing and yeah, like and learning and like growing and I would say that's the first key yeah. yeah is basically admitting that these systems have been put in place for 
since the dawn of man. Yeah. Basically, there have always been a master and a servant. Yeah. And so it's like now that we're finally, you know, facing these issues head on, you know, and fighting that, it's just that like you have to admit to yourself, yes, I have been raised again. The schizoanalysis, mm-hmm. right? yeah. our schizoanalysis yeah. has bred us to be racist and kind of against each other, and now you have to admit that and be like, okay, I have these uh, microaggressions. What do you do about it? Yeah. So yeah. it's the choice of that. So it's like, once you lean into that, and you have to grow out of it. It's just growth, yeah, you know? yeah, because yeah. Some people just can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like even for me, like I internalize racism because I, I don't. I'm black, Mexican, and white. I know my white family, and my Hispanic family. I've never even met my black family, so I grew up around those two cultures. And when I went to school, you know, I did very well. So in like the gifted classes or like the AP classes, typically there were more white students and typically they were like upper, upper middle class. So like I, coming from, you know, white family and then Hispanic family and trying to fit in with this group of people that like, and I grew up pretty poor, um, trying to fit in with these group of people that are white and rich started like internalizing racism myself like start straightening my hair i didn't listen to rap music because uh, i didn't want to be associated yeah. with the things yeah. that are negative about being black or being hispanic so it's even something that like as a person of color you experience within yourself that you have to accept like okay i have internalized this racism but i need to let it go you know what i mean and like start growing from that so it's right. not even just white people that are yeah, do, that it's are doing work everyone has uh, to do the work a way that they put it on pod save the people recently which is basically a blacktivist uh podcast and how to educate people through things that the media is going to show you mm-hmm. uh is essentially that like dang it i lost my train of thought again um what was it you were just uh, everyone has to do the work like oh yeah of, uh everyone makes mistakes and so like uh when you that whole uh have you ever heard like when oh like a situation where like a white person says ghetto and then a person of color is like what do you mean by that like, yeah, what do you mean by ghetto yeah, 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 like yeah. That? and so it's right there it's like there are always these people who like will, will make a mistake or something like that that basically doesn't look mm-hmm. good for your culture or your society or anything it's like you that just happens that's yeah. that's a normal thing for everyone it's not specific to any race and to yeah. like hold that against one race because one person did this thing or, or anything is like that's it's unfair racism yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah ghetto to me uh, i mean i i understand like because of the ghetto and it being like more targeted toward black the black community but to me ghetto just means like janky like just it don't work like yeah. or I don't know, like, we didn't have all the resources we needed, but we still made it happen. That, right you know there, what I mean? Yeah. But if not... you said it and someone perceived it the wrong way, yeah. you know, that's that's how racism works. Because it, it feeds into most people believe, not most people, but whites mainly believe in this white Christian perfect culture. Like, mm-hmm. things have to be this way. You have to be educated or smart or yada, 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 yada. But that's not life. Uh, everyone is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a, a cow is never going to lead a white life, you know? It's never going to do all these things and so it's improper to think of that on anyone and so like uh, I don't know I, I can't say that like I really I, I don't know how to wrap up this thought um, but 
it's just everyone is everyone is anything, you know, and we have to learn to kind of accept that and work with each other rather yeah. than like yeah. isolate. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like we can't be naive about like white. But white, yeah, like the, yeah, our the, history, the yeah. history of everything, yeah. because it yeah, is, we can't jump straight to everyone love everyone, right? Like, one hundred percent, like yeah. literally race, like that's the goal. Yeah, shaped everything, and it has yeah. like disenfranchised and abused like, and yeah, like marginalized tons of people and generations of people and their like their children. So you can't just be like, oh, everyone, is yeah, over, you know, sorry, yeah, let's get over it. Yeah, yeah. you kind of, which have is what to, everyone like. What? Well, not everyone, but like a lot of white people try to do. They're yeah. like, oh man, right. that's no, like we're. We're past that, and it's like, but we're not, yeah, dude. Like, because you're still not acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> learn the culture, learn what is wrong. You know, be there with, right. be present. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, be present. Well, uh, we're about fifty-two minutes in. Uh, are there anything, any last things y'all want to talk about, or before we go, we got about eight minutes. Um, I just really enjoyed that. I haven't had a. I mean, we have talks like this together all the time, but um, hearing your point of view on everything is. I'm like ready to go talk more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like go watch a documentary. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. It's it's just really stimulating, and um, it makes me really happy and like like really hopeful. Yeah, you know, yeah. honestly, even though we talked about some pretty negative aspects. Yeah, of, I mean, you got to. of life. You have to acknowledge um, all these things. It yeah. just made me feel good that other people were on the same page. Because mm-hmm. that uh, essentially, in my funk theory, that's kind of a goal is to like use this theory of what I've learned through my community and mm-hmm. through my uh, schizoanalysis to move humanity or anything into the future. And I may not even be able to do that directly. Like mm-hmm. the writings that I have may never go anywhere, but they have gone somewhere and they're still influencing reality in a way. And so my goal is to just keep honing in on it and to make it more and more sense to where, uh, so like if I could uh, equate or whatever, I don't know if this is something I'm looking for, but like a year ago when I was explaining funk theory to people, many, or two years ago, when the, uh, I was finally forming the theory, because I had these ideas, but I didn't know how to properly express them. Yeah. And so I had this revelation uh, while meditating one night, and basically like the answers just kind of came to me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's very difficult to explain, but like the music I was listening to uh, was basically like, the songs that came on on the shuffle, and this is a shuffle of like a ton of music, everything was basically just responding to my thoughts in a way. Like almost as if life was just guiding me. This funk was just essentially talking. Uh, And so, again, I'm losing my train of thought of where I'm going with that. Funk's getting you, man. Yeah. (laughs) You're going on on the different paths The funk funk. provides. (laughs) So once you reach into these patterns and start exploring it with Mm -hmm. not just yourself, but everyone around you and everything, you notice these patterns more because now your brain is aware of it. It's just yeah. like... Yeah. Uh, like when you get a car. Like I got a Prius when I was 19. And I never saw Priuses anywhere ever. Yeah. And then automatically, like out of nowhere, I was like, there's a Prius there, there's a Prius there, exactly. there's a Prius there, you know? And so once you start like honing in on like these, noticing these moments of how the funk provides for each of us. Like uh, when you sat down, uh, you said that moment that happened... Uh, the, the water bottles? Yes, exactly. Yeah, how we needed water bottles. I was like, man, this should be a guy. If there was a guy on the corner selling water bottles, this would be perfect. And, and then there was. There was, yeah. yeah. And that is what I call the funk providing. And I, yeah. I think those moments happen to us literally all the time, every day. And when you study them and you start to see them more, kind of like uh, like a word search, you know, like you begin to be a detective and investigate these moments, they, they show up and they yeah. pop up more. Yeah, I was like, man, I manifested that. Yeah. I literally <laughs> passed by that intersection 20 minutes before and there was no guy. That's crazy. 
Well, yes. thank you all for being on. This was a great conversation. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah. Any plugs before we go? Yes. I will be having a show, my last show in Houston for a while with my band Texture Yellow at Redyards on July 25th at 7 p.m. Perfect. And this will definitely release before then, so people can hear that. Sweet. Yeah. I would also like to plug Alicia's show at Redyards <laughs> July 25th at 7 p.m. I'll be there. You don't have any comedy shows coming up? Um, I I can't, on top of my head, think of one that I have the next couple weeks. So, uh, Well, I'll also get links from y'all to post on all of these. So if y'all think of anything, they will be on the podcast. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for listening, y'all. Love you.